And Gab, he's Jules. Jules, it's the first week of the Premier League season, the Bundesliga season, the League on season. No wonder it's Blue Skies over West London. But to bring us back down from all the excitement, here's Mark Ogden. (laughs) Ogden, you have a shirt that kind of matches the mood of United fans right now as the Eric Ten Hag era begins. Not black, dark blue, but it's close enough to be, uh, yeah. It wasn't a good start, was it? Uh, Jules, beaten 2-1 at home by Brighton. Now, I'm going to go on a limb and say something. I don't think they played well, obviously. Um, we saw some curious decisions. Yeah. Am I stupid for suggesting that maybe if Rashford buries his chances and the Bruno Fernandes the chance? The chance is offside. Yeah. Maybe we don't. But I mean, the VAR, whatever. Yeah. If they win the game, are people singing a different tune? Or is it just that the performance and the result were just a throwaway? For me, it was both. Not good performance, not good from Ten Hag, certainly not good enough from the first, the first game. I don't understand the Christian Eriksen as a force number nine. He had no Anthony Martial, that's his centre forward. Okay, you can't play Rashford as centre forward, you can't play Ganacho who's, tra- you know, who's trained with you all week as your starter number nine, and then suddenly he's on the bench. He, even Ten Hag himself said, oh yeah, Christian played there a long, long time ago. So because he played there 10 years ago or something, he can play there now for United in a game like this against a team, by the way, who you know would cause you problems because they are a very good team and they play really good football, especially away from home when they've got space. I mean, I, I, I guess the idea, when, when I saw this, I thought my idea is maybe Eriksen drops off close to Bruno Fernandes and it becomes a little bit like the, the 4-2-2-2 the four, or the 4 2 formation that we see sometimes. We saw from Bayern this weekend. That's not what happened. And on top of that, Sancho and Rashford's finishing was not good. And Sancho, we saw very little of him. Yeah, I mean, Rashford, he just looks so fragile, doesn't he, in terms of his confidence. And I think Sancho the same. And I, this is the problem that everyone talks about pre-season. It was a promising pre-season. But pre-season doesn't tell you anything. It's, it can be a real kind of misguided, you know, pointed towards the season. They, they won the first three games, then, then drew and then lost. And they went into the season on a bit of a dip. And I think Ten Hag said after the game that he kind of saw this coming. Well, if you see it coming... Do something about it, which is more promising than what happened yesterday. It, it just—it was a really, really poor performance, and it, alarm bells are ringing again already. The odd thing, obviously, is you know when you play a false nine, if that's what you want to call it, uh, you need to spend a lot of time on the training pitch in terms of movement to make it work. And obviously, Ericsson missed out on a big chunk of the preseason. Yeah. Now they do have a guy who scored a lot of goals for them in the past. Scored a lot of goals throughout his career, Cristiano Ronaldo. He came off the bench. Not match fit, supposedly. After mm. he told us, how he, that, so, did, did it make sense? That, that, we, we can't we can't slaughter Ten Hag for starting Cristiano on the bench. No, Can we? I don't think so. Not with a week. Not with a week. So not with having just trained a week in terms of fit, just fitness wise. Not even the work with the rest of the team. I'm just talking fitness. His own fitness. Can you explain this? Because the world says, oh, but he's so fit. You know, when he, when, he, when he was putting on his shoes, he made sure he took off his shirt and stuff so we could see he trains on his own. Ten Hag had said, like, oh, fitness isn't a problem with him because he's so such a great pro. Yeah, you it is ask. different from yeah. playing with 11 guys on a training pitch. It's a different exactly. kind of fitness. And you can have great abs and great six-packs and or even eight-packs in Cristiano's case and not be much fit just yet. For Premier League, man, he can play, you know, Sunday League football, I'm sure, but not there. And on the back of the Rio Vallecano incident and the fact that he missed preseason as well, the tour, the tour in preseason. So on, if you add all of those things, you can't start a game like this. Right. But Diogo Dalot can start and Christian Eriksen. Uh, he went on tour. I take your point. I, I just wonder with the Rio thing. I mean, we've talked about that to, to death, but him coming out. So it wasn't just Cristiano, it was a no, bunch no, of no, other guys. True. But right, fine. But. Missing the tour was was the big you know the big thing here. Right. Can we give some love to Brighton before we go on to Arnautovic? Absolutely. I mean, Brighton. As you saw last season, the Fauna win at the Amex. They're, they're a very good team. And then you know, Graham Potts had them organised. You know, Gross did what he always does against United scores. Yeah. I, I mean, I was watching the game in the press room at West Ham, and I was, without the commentary on, so it was hard to kind of get a flavour. But all I saw was Brighton shirts on the edge of the Man United box, which is never a good sign if you're Man United at Old Trafford. So <sighs> Brighton are a good team, but. Man United in the first game under the new manager shouldn't be losing at home to Brighton, no matter how good Brighton are. As you know, I've speculated that Cristiano Ronaldo will be elsewhere on September 1st, which means leaves a whole bunch of money to spend on another forward. It looks as if even if he stays, for now, they move for another forward. It's Marko Arnautovic, who's obviously 33 years old. This falls into the short-term signing category, but it's an expensive short-term signing. 
Well, they, they would, it would cost them 15 million. He's 33 years old. Yeah. But that's my, a, my question is not money. even about the money or the age. Is why are you going for Arnautovic? But I don't understand the recruitment policy here. I'm sorry. Listen, I mean, Igalo, um, yeah. Falcao, now Arnautovic, there'll be others. Zlatan, Cavani, to a Zlatan. Ever since Man United signed Robin van Persie, they haven't, and he was even a short-term buyer as well because he was bought for one particular reason. Ten years, they haven't, right. they haven't looked to the future. They haven't signed a proper centre forward. All right, let's talk about the tall Austrian man. One stubbed the heir apparent to Slatan. Yeah. Maybe because of the way his name ends. And we obviously he's familiar to fans of the Premier League, obviously fans in Italy. We saw him last season at Bologna. He he did, well, he did well. He did well. He, he 14, scored 14 goals. goals. I think I think does have to be put in context a little bit of the type of season Bologna had. But you know, you're getting somebody who's tall, who's strong, who's technically gifted, undoubtedly. Yeah but who hasn't always been super consistent, especially when he was younger and had disciplinary issues when he was younger. And I always take that with a grain of salt because I tell myself, all right, he was younger, right? We all did silly things when we were younger. Uh, and now at 33, he hears the clock ticking and so on, and he's serious and he tries to be a serious pro. And that's what he's done the last couple of years. Why do you hate this signing? I, I just don't understand how we got into this place. And this is where, this is where we go back to the recruitment policy and what the hell have they done in the last two months? Because on August the 7th, if you start thinking, as Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world, Marko Arnatovic is the answer here of our problems going forward to score goals. He's the future because why would you not sign someone for the future? Well, he's not the future. He's the immediate future in the sense that... But why do you need someone short-term then? Because, why? Because otherwise you go into the season with Martial and Rashford. No, but and now Christian Eriksen as your We said all summer, they need... They need they need more bodies as centre-forwards. But go and sign someone that is not a short-term option. And that is better than him. I'm going to do... I'm going to bring up my favourite word, amortisation. And I'm going to go and tie it back to the other tall, strong, technically gifted goal-scoring centre-forward that they have. That Cristiano Ronaldo fella. I would assume that it's because they have a lot of money tied up in Cristiano's contract. It's just one year, but you're talking... 30-odd million, right, with the amortization and, and the wages. Um, you know, it's clear that it's been reported that Cristiano wants to leave because he wants to play Champions League football, prepare for the World Cup, whatever. Fine. It's been difficult to move him for all the reasons that we talked about. I still love the romantic love story between him and Carlo, and maybe that'll happen, maybe it won't, at Real Madrid. Um, but if you're United, you have a problem because this is a big asset. It's not, it's not an asset you can sell quickly. Now, if they had sold him at the end of the season, if Cristiano had found a buyer, then they would have said, oh, look, we cleared 30 million in wages and amortization. We can go out and we okay, can compete. Okay, so now there's no money left, you mean, for a striker? To buy I think someone better than Arnautovic? Well, it's not that there's no money left, but like rather than going and blowing 100 million, 150 million now on somebody who might not be your top choice, maybe you wait a year and then you see where you are then. I, I'm, I'm thinking this. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm going to go out and assume. You, but this is not how you run your football club. They, they can't keep thinking like this. I mean, we discussed before. I mean, all these players they've signed in the last ten years that have been short-term fixes when it's been clearly obvious for so long they need a centre-forward. Because you know, when, when they last won the league in 2013, they brought in Robbie van Persie, who was a success, but it's a short-term success. Wayne Rooney by that point was was on the way down a long way, so it was obvious at that point they had to start planning for the future. Right. They never did. They brought in Falcao. They brought in. Um, well, Falcao got injured. Yeah, but he was injured before he came. Well, I mean, it, you know, it, it, was, yeah, it hadn't it was even kicked. At his peak. He spent a year trying to get fit. Then, you know, Zlatan, which Igalo. was a success, but Zlatan was, what, 35, 36? Igalo. I mean, there's, there's probably others that I've forgotten about. Cavani. Yeah, Cavani. Now, I mean, I spoke to Ed Woodward in January before he left, and one thing he said was, you, you know, what this team really needs right now is a centre-forward. And it's, and it's no secret over the last three or four years they have tried for Harry Kane. But they were never ever going to get him because they, had, they never had this horrible project to, ho- to offer him. Now, Same with Haaland. They tried Haaland. Yeah, they tried Haaland. I mean, that, that was like the guy who fell inside the Beatles. I mean, they, got, they, had, they had Haaland in the room, Solskjaer Sports and did all the groundwork. And because they wouldn't insert a, a release clause, which Dortmund were happy to do, they missed out. Now, if you're Man United or a club of that stature, don't you take a gamble? Think, right, we'll put the release clause in, but we'll be so successful you'll never want to leave. That's what Man City are gambling yeah, on yeah. now. They'll have a, the City think, right, well, you, you're not, you, know, you might want to leave in four years, but you won't do. We'll, we'll keep you for ten. Now, United need to plan for the future. Now, Benjamin Sesko is a guy they're looking at, and apparently he's a very, very good player. But they've got competition, and the way United are, they'll, miss, they'll be too slow, they'll miss out, and they'll, they'll end up with 
I'm out of it, do you know? I mean, I'm out of it. The, the way you described him before, the big build-up, it sounded like Eric Cantona, a guy with, you know, <laughs> but, but it's, that's where the comparison stops because Cantona had something to offer. Arnautovic is, you might as well sign Mario Balotelli. It's, just, look, it's I, just a I, bad I, idea. I feel like you guys are just going to dump all over United, so I kind no, of no, feel no, the no, need no. that I'm going to be lawyerly here and put their, you know, my feelings here. But I, I think they need another body. And, you know, you can go and you can deride all these signings like Cavani or Rigolo. I think they would have been worse off without them. If you can't get somebody who's going to project as a starter and be part of the plan going forward, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with adding depth. We can debate whether Arnautovic is the right guy. I think 15 million for guys 33 is, is, a, is a lot of money. And this is not 31st of August either, Gab. Don't tell me there's no time to sign a better striker that fits your team better for, a longer t for, for, for the future more than just the short term. This, is, this, this screams to me like a 31st of August. <gasps> we need someone. What can we do? Anatovic, he knows Steve McLaren. He, he played for them. He knows Eric Ten Hag. No problem. Let's do this quickly. Bologna will sell because we're going to pay over the odds because 15 million is over the odds. Yeah. And, but we August the 8th. Come on. I, I think what this goes to show you, though, is I, I think they didn't take perhaps a hard enough line. And by hard enough, I don't mean be mean to Cristiano. I mean make a decisive decision on Cristiano earlier. But this, this, um, this is and I think I think this is what set, what set them up. If they had said to George Mendes, like, look, George, sorry, Cristiano's not going to play this year. Now, none of this Eric Ten Hag's going to fit him in the system. Go find another club because he's not going to play, right? You either... You either grab your privates and you say that, or you say, we have Cristiano for another year, Eric, suck it up, make it work with Cristiano. Instead, we have this weirdo situation where, you know, they need that insurance and that's Arnautovic. I still think if Cristiano goes, they might still have the scope to go and bring somebody else in, mm. but obviously the clock is ticking and it's a tough gamble to make and you wonder about the people who are making the decisions there. They should have sat down end of May, beginning of June, the club, Ten Hag, George Mendes, has said, right, what's happening? This is what's happening, and resolved it then. Ten Hag should have been boldish. Ten Hag should have said, I don't want this hanging over the start of the season. But he's left it and let it to happen. So, although he's a new manager, and you have to give him time and, you know, and credit in the bank because he's new, he should have had that big decision, end of May, beginning of June, what is happening with Ronaldo? Deal with it there and then either get rid or sign him. Or, yeah. Sorry, keep him at the club. Now, I, I'm like you, Gab, I think he will leave at the end of the window. I think it, you know, it just, there's four weeks to go. Clubs, players, agents panic, and I think something will happen. And I do think that Real Madrid is a good option. I'm not suggesting it's going to happen, but I do think that because of the history... It's a good option for Ronaldo, whether it's a good option for Real Madrid. It depends on the terms. Yeah, but I just don't see how he stays. I just don't see how it works that he stays, a player that doesn't want to be there. The manager doesn't really want him. It doesn't really fit in with him. It, it doesn't, he's not and he's not going to be anybody. part of the long-term team that you're building and it affects the way you play. That's, that, that, that's, Completely. That's, to say that's, what, that's what it boils down to. They've been linked with somebody else, which... Shocked me, but the Athletic reporting it this morning. I mean, I think they're doing cartwheels in Turin, if this is true. They've been linked with Adrian Rabio. Can you work this? Can you work this one out? It can be. I mean, I think I think they need better play in midfield. That's for sure. And again, this chase for Frankie De Jong for all for two months now, where nothing is happening, and yet they don't sign anybody else because. Maybe they think miraculously something will resolve this problem or this, this transfer. But Rabiot, come on, again, I can name you many midfielders who Rabiot are right now. World Cup, his World Cup winner, yeah? Yeah, yeah, no, but, I mean, he's one of my boys. And listen, he grew up literally three streets down from where I did. So. And he's lived in Manchester before. Yeah, so. of course. He was at City when he was a kid. So, but uh, weirdly, he was never in Holland or at Ajax or at Bayern, to my knowledge. No, he wasn't. So. It wasn't. I, I, mean, I don't know. Man United, are, they've got a problem right now. We know that finances aren't particularly fluid. They've, they've, got, they've got issues in terms of the money coming in. It's not The, the Glazers have got problems with paying for the update in the ground. And there's all sorts of they issues. They may need to take smaller dividends this year. So there's Absolutely. no more money or what? I think the money is beginning to be tight at Man United right, because, okay. you know, they, they're, they're no longer able to compete as they, as they maybe were in the early stages because the City is stronger, PSG and etc. But the Man United... They can find money if they need to. So I think they really have to go out and say, like, West Ham, how much for Declan Rice? Because I think with Declan Rice, there's, a, there's an interesting situation. He's got two years in his contract. We know he earns a lot less than his England teammates. Mm. And he will be, at some point be irritated by the fact that he's playing so well for West Ham. He goes to Man United, he could treble, quadruple his yeah, wages. Yeah. Now, if he waits a year, 
you might think, well, Man City or Liverpool, but Liverpool aren't Jude Bellingham. Man City have got there, Calvin Phillips, Rodri. Sorry, what's the problem with Liverpool? Well, if they go for Jude Bellingham next year, they don't want Declan Rice as well. So I'm just, I'm just trying yeah. to look at the, the future. Or maybe you go no, for both. No, but the, the Chelsea, future. The future. Chelsea. So it's Chelsea, Chelsea. Man United, yeah. basically. Yeah. And so if United want to sign a player that will help transform them for the next five years, go for him now, because in a year's time, right. Chelsea might be in the position to we, sign him. We were, uh, Mark and I were doing some role play before, not of that nature, <laughs> but okay. a different nature. Um, Mark reckons it might take, you could get him for 100 million. Well, let's just say, we're just back of the envelope, right? And Mark reckons that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, it would cost you about 200 grand a week or 10 million a year, right? Yeah. So through the magic of amortization, um, if it's a five-year deal, he's costing you 30 million a year, right? Which is roughly what yeah, Cristiano makes. Uh, so in that sense, it would be a perfect fit. And it's but a statement as well. It's a statement that United are looking at the best young players again and they need somebody to energize them. I don't think he's a world-class player, but he's better than what they've got, and I think he would take them to another level and right. just bring something amazing. to it. I think in, in that role, there's the other guy, the guy they've been pursuing all summer, Frankie de Jong. We're going to get into some of the Barcelona stuff later. Mm. Um, it seems to me, and again, I'm going to stick up a little bit for your boy John Murta here and, and his friend Darren Fletcher. You've put, you, you put your offer in. The screws are tightening on Barcelona and the most recent things. You know, we know that they can't register the players as of now. They need to pull more levers, whatever. Just say, that's the offer. Take it or leave it. Deal with it. Oh, and by the way, Frankie, I know the club owes you money or whatever. We can help out a little bit with that. If you come to us, you'll have a contract and so on. You can pursue them legally, but be aware that, you know, there's no guarantees on that front either. I think I, if Frankie de Jong wanted to play for United, he would already be a United player. And I think at some point, if he doesn't want to come, let go and move on to somewhere else. And again, I mean, I've said it five times, recruitment policy. I don't, I don't understand how you can chase the same player for eight weeks. Because clearly, there's something that either they really don't want to sell. And I know Laporta kept saying publicly, he's our player, he doesn't want to leave, we don't want to sell. Okay, maybe he's... This is this whole BS and Wait, they have they, to sell. Has he said we don't want to sell because... Yeah, yesterday, equally... again, yesterday, I think it would have happened if Frankie really wanted it to happen by now. So I think maybe you should let go and, 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 and go to another target. But I'm starting to think, is there another target? Is there even a plan B? Because, because they've chased the same player for so long that it looks to me like, well, they've got no idea who to go, what, what to do next if really Frankie de Jong is not coming. Because it's been driven by Ten Hag and I think, I think Ten Hag has become so powerful so quickly that they're frightened to say no. I mean, this whole Arnautovic thing, there's a, there's a manager and there's a transfer committee who's supposed to have an equal kind of veto. If one target isn't... Mourinho had it, you know, they, they vetoed a couple... I think Perisic was one that they wouldn't sign because they didn't, and a couple of defenders made Bo Boateng. Mm. No, doesn't work for us. Who's telling Ten Hag that Arnautovic doesn't work for us? So if he's he it might work, it might work. But, but if but he wants to young, he, who's telling Ten Hag, look, it's not happening. He's, he's stringing us along. Barca's right. stringing us along. Let's move on. I want to bring it back to what we actually saw uh, on the pitch. Um, I thought the Lisandro Martinez Harry Maguire partnership clearly needs needs work. Like, yeah. When the movements all over the shop and they're crossing. Sometimes it is hard to say, to decide who to blame between the two of them, right? Because obviously, back fours work in unison, especially central defenders. So I don't want to pick out necessarily one or the other. Obviously, Maguire had a difficult season last year. But my, my, my obvious question is, if you have issues in the middle of the park, as, as they clearly had, mm. why not play Lisandro Martinez in midfield, where he's played a big chunk of his career where he's already familiar with the system. Yeah. Because playing center back for, for Ajax, and obviously he's done that too, but is very different than playing center back for Manchester United. I think it might come down to that. And you have Varane, right? I mean, he may yeah. not have been fully fit this weekend because the man's never fully fit, but you know, except for during the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. When he matters the most. I, th I think we look at the wrong area. I think what will make a big difference to Man United's back four is a commanding goalkeeper. If they get a commanding goalkeeper in that can organise the back four... Wait, now, wait, now De Gea has the problem too. Yeah. Well, yeah. part of the problem. Uh, but one of the problems, because the, he never comes off his line, the defence oh, drop deep, they invite more pressure, which means that like some Maguire and Martins have run, are constantly being, having to clear the lines and bombarded. He doesn't communicate very well. And we saw some of the footage of De Gea's distribution yesterday. It's awful. Now, imagine that Man United team with an Edison or an Alisson Becker behind them. It, it would transform the defence and transform the team. But whatever, for whatever reason, whether De Gea was a sort of sacred cow or something, he'd never, ever 
has the spotlight on him, or is the player of the year again? Because he has to make so many saves because the defence is sitting back so much. They need to address the goalkeeper situation. After I'm, I'm with Ogi on, on the hair. Oh, no, but the fact that he's, he's on 350,000 a week and had such a long-term contract, he was unsellable for so many. So they had to, to stick. And he with still him. is. He still yeah. is unsellable, right? Yeah. But I, I would want, I would, I would hope that people at the club have realised know yeah. what we're talking about. Uh, and I, at some point, wanted to change keepers, just could not, could, you know... You I would assume, keepers. and again, maybe I'm giving the benefit of the doubt here, that whatever issues you've highlighted with De Gea, and by the way, I think if you make a list of, you, of things United need to fix, I'm not sure De Gea is in the top I, ten. I agree, but he's but a big one. They said, this is not something that we can fix. This is not yeah, something we can maybe. fix because so he has wait. this enormous contract yeah. and we simply cannot shift him, right? Sure. But um, don't give him a new one, that's the problem, because he'll have a good half a season. Oh, there you go, David De Gea. Fine. I would like to see Lissandro Martinez in midfield at some point. The problem is, you go to Brentford next weekend, which, I mean, you know what kind of game to expect. Well, maybe then, it's Liverpool. Fit. then it's Liverpool at home. Yeah, yeah but I think to, to integrate Lissandro Martinez in midfield in that team, I, I think you, you still need a bit of time to I, do I'm it. Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Take a step back here, right? You think it, you're concerned about the amount of time it'll take him to integrate in midfield. But then I look at this and I say, who is United's best defender when everybody's fully fit? Varane, yeah? Best centre-back? I would think so. Um, Who's... Yeah. Right, they don't make that stupid face. When, when, when yeah, he, yeah. When he, four years ago, but no, right, Varane, Varane wasn't great last season. Okay. He can't turn, honestly. He, okay. he gets, he gets Who's tired. a better centre-back at United than Varane? <sighs> exactly. But we're trying to be helpful here. Not just, <laughs> they're all as bad as each other. I'm trying okay. to be honest. I'm Excuse me, you sound like the Vox Pop man in the street. I'm trying to be honest. Okay, so if Varane is... When everybody's fit in your, in your fantasy world, he yeah. is your best defender, right? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming for the time being, Maguire is your other center back because you made him the club captain and you don't want to create a Maguire mess right now. And then he can so, go back to left center back as well, left side center back, which is his best position. Really. Exactly, right? So if this is the issue, why are you playing Lisandro Martinez, in a, if you're trying to help him settle, in a position where if things go to plan, he won't be playing because Varane and Maguire are better? It's like this, this, is, this is the part I really do not understand. Maybe he sees this under as a starter at the back, him and Maguire, him and Varane. I maybe he becomes a, a modern-day daily blint that's a, a guy that can play midfield, a centre-half, but isn't good enough in either position to be a starter. I mean, that, that is a problem. I don't... I'm, do you know, I'm talking about United's recruitment. Would United be any worse if they'd, if they'd signed Connor Cody from Wolves ahead of Everton? Okay, let, let, let's, stop, let's stop pulling names out of hands. But, here, okay? but, <laughs> Connor Cody is not, not an option at this stage. <laughs> but I'm just saying that there are better defenders out there that could actually make them better. Um... But by the way, I mean, when, when Maguire and Lissandro Martinez crossed over, I was like, what is going on? Because I understand quickly, you need to work with each other to be a, a successful pair, but, but at every age group, you okay. know, and whoever you can play with, you know that you, this, this can... You One can't. of the two screwed up. They didn't both screw up. Okay? But you, but I, you I can't at this level. You should, surely you should know and know. be aware enough. And I'd love to know which one did. And I, I'm sure Ten Hag is an idea. I... Uh, we, we touched upon Ericsson. I just want to go back to this playing Ericsson to the middle of the formation. Did he really say Ericsson used to play center forward? Yeah, a long time ago. He said a long time ago oh. he played there. Why? When he was playing for middle fart? <laughs> no, I guess uh, at Ajax. Ajax I don't remember him playing center forward at, at no. Ajax. Certainly. No. That's I'm, what I'm I didn't remember either. I have to be honest. But. I mean, I also wonder. I mean, I I assumed, and I was shocked by how far up the pitch he was playing too. He was playing mm. as a as a center forward, yeah, that's what I thought. Like the four triple two, maybe you want to try that. Have Sancho and Rashford come from the outside. Fine. Um, I thought that was odd. <laughs> it was really odd. Minute eighty nine, you're losing two one, and you make a triple substitution. I, I can somebody explain this? I understand you're chasing the game, but mean? why not make it? If, if you want to bring fresh legs on, why not do it ten minutes earlier? Or was the goal maybe maybe? Was he trying to do one of those coaching psychology thing? You guys are all part of the team. Garnacho, Malasia, who's the third guy? Alanga. Yeah. Yes, we're all in this together. You will experience this defeat if it comes or you Surely will turn. Surely not. Is this what he was doing? Surely not. Why? It made no sense whatsoever. I, didn't, I was screaming at the television to make substitutions. I was like, what is going on here? For once you've got them a little bit under pressure, it's time to go and, and change things and... No, I, I don't know, maybe it worked for Ajax against Den Bosch, I don't know, but it's not going to work in the Premier League. <laughs> Stop it with a Den Bosch. <laughs> You're so unkind. Um, <laughs> okay, let's end this. We've 
praise Brighton a little bit. I don't want to get carried away because, you know, I don't think Brighton played necessarily much different than the way they, they played last season, obviously. Well, when they win 4 0 against United, I mean, last season. Well, no, I'm talking about most of last season, okay. individual games. It was their first ever win at Old Trafford, I believe. Ever, yeah. Moises can say they look really, really good, but mm. is he that good or was it a reflection of what was around him? I don't know. I looked at that Brighton lineup, to be fair, at the start of the game. And You're I was like, where's Bissouma? No, I'm like, this is not very good. This, they're good players. You know, Trossard is a good player. Welbeck is a decent player. You know, they're gross. And this is, this is, not, this is not an amazing team. Mm. And, and yet. And yet. But, but whether it's United or they will, they will have big results again and they will finish ninth or tenth or, and have a really good season, I think, for what they have and for what, who they are. But he's still making good players play really, really well. Just, I'm just, we'll go back to recruitment that we said at the beginning. Just, I know he's now left Dan Ashworth at Newcastle, but the fact that Brighton have brought in and sold for good money Ben White, Kukurea and Bissouma, I mean, probably over £140 million. Yeah, that's, like that. that's fantastic recruitment, you know, for little investment for big return. And obviously, you know, to look at different players, they have to have a different standard, but it's all about being sensible and strategic and smart in the market. And Brighton have been and United still aren't. All right. Despite your shirt, despite the negativity, <laughs> let's all come up with one positive, just a little exercise. Yeah, Let's yeah. come up with one positive for okay. United. Okay. Can I have some time to think day. about this one? What? Can yeah, I have some time I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Go first, then. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm going to be serious. Okay, so, I'm, as you know, I'm less concerned about when players miss finishes. So, I'm going to say the fact that Rashford got on the end of, of three balls screwed them all up. One of them was one where he was set up by Cristiano and whatever. I think that bodes well. I think to me that speaks of somebody who, who is trying, who's getting more, he's getting into more dangerous areas. And maybe Rashford can be a value added for United this season in a way he wasn't in the last six months of last year, or really all of last year. Okay, you've got to come up with one too, and you can't mention that. I've got even two positive. The first one is you've hit Rob Bottom already, so the only way is up. Oh, stop it. Uh, and the other one is that this is good for my boy Martial, because they need him more Those than ever. Real positive. So badly, the positive is Martial coming back, which I think will boost the team. Oh, dear. So the positive is that United have so few players at the World Cup that by the time the second half of the season starts, they'll be absolutely flying because they'll be so much fresher. Rashford, Sancho, people like that, Luke Shaw. Be... They might go to the World Cup. Rashford you know? and Sancho aren't going to the World Cup. No. No, no, yeah. No, because right. they've got one. No. You guys aren't taking this seriously. I'm not going to go and sink the guy out. All right, there we game. go. Liverpool's the next home game. There's your positive. There you oh. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough United, Jules. How about some quick hits? Let's go, Gab. Once again, Jules. No Mbappe, no problem. See, they Woo! just sold him. Neymar and Messi play like it's 2015. Yes. And Paris Saint-Germain destroyed Clermont Foot 5-0 to start the season. Yeah, it was impressive. And I know it's only Clermont, even with the Argentine guy before. PSG won 4-0 and 6-1 against them last season. So I, I know that. However... It was still brilliant to see them like that, to see Neymar in that kind of form, one goal and, and three assists, another hat-trick of assists, by the way, like Messi last season and like Mbappe the season before. Um, really good with the ball, PSG, collectively, 
even without the ball, the work that Vitinha uh, did, for example, and then Messi. Let's talk Messi and Neymar. No, no, I, I was coming to Messi. Messi with an amazing goal, overhead kick, the first in his career. Even at Barcelona, he was not doing that kind of stuff. The ball from Paredes, the run forward from Messi, the control with the chest, and then the, the overhead kick. Okay, because he's small, he's not really up in the air like uh, Cristiano <laughs> or Bale or, you know, even Amara Simba for the PhD fans. But still, it was... It was, still good. it was good to see them like that. They both look so sharp. And the 16-year-old kid made his debut. Oh, Warren Zaidemri, who is an amazing talent. What, what's his name? Warren is his first name, and then Zaire Emery, his double-barrel name. So he's posh. He's not is posh, it? and he's got nothing to do with Unai Emery. I, I, wanted to I, just, just I knew wanted that to... was your next question. I know. But remember the name. Warren okay. Zaire Emery, so, amazing talent. I ran the numbers on this. Last season, Messi and Neymar com combined for 20 goals and 19 assists. In Ligue 1. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to do far better than that this season. And it's amazing what having the summer free can do for older players. True. And also having a manager with a good idea. Exactly. Erling Haaland gets both goals as Manchester City win away at West Ham. 2-0, Gab. I guess his community shield finishing was not an indication of anything then. No. And I wrote a whole column making he a said point. it. And in fact, he scored two goals. He could have easily had four. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the two headers, one yeah. which he kind of mishit it, the other one which he, which he missed. He himself has said, oh, I need to improve my heading. He said it many times. Um, yeah, I think it looks exciting. But I want to also credit in this game the job Jacques Cancelo did by stepping into midfield, by being that additional mm. creator. You create this panic in the other team where you know at any time the through ball can come and at any time Erling can go through. So... It just adds this whole other dimension to City's game, which is really difficult to game plan for, because you know even if you adjust yeah. and they go back and play down the wing, so well done. But well that done. second goal was great as well. But I, I was super disappointed by West Ham and how they allowed Rodri to turn for the second goal, De Bruyne to find Haaland, the run, all of that. It was really poor from West Ham, all you know, all around really. Wait till avenging Angelo returns yeah, and Chris Dawson, of course. Now, this was way, way back on Friday, but Jules, is it fair to say Bayern 6-1 away demolition of Eintracht, who happened to be the current Europa League champion, yeah, by the way, suggests that they're going to be okay in terms of scoring goals this season. So, five goals against Leipzig in the, uh, the German Super Cup, then six, what, five and a half time against Frankfurt on Friday, where they were really incredible. That 4-2-2-2, two, 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 the 4 triple 2 was, was worked so well. Um, and, and, yeah, I think from Mane to even... Our friend Pavard, who we've been, you know, quite harsh at time with, and rightly so. It looks great, I have to say. It looks great. The intensity, the passing, the verticality was at times mind-blowing, really, from Bayern. I, I'm trying to imagine, and now I think whether this, this season is a success, and obviously they define success there not by winning the Bundesliga, but by doing something important in Europe, is it going to depend on the attack? I have no concerns there. No, Modern yeah. not a center forward. I mean, yeah, it's, that's just a label. Um, but it's going to come from the defense. So obviously in this game, you had Pavard with Upamecano and Lucas. At some point, you imagine they're going to integrate Delict, Mazraoui, so, yeah. and Gravenberch. I don't know if it's going to be in the 4 triple 2 I think so Davis looked like he's back to his best as well. Yeah, was amazing. he had a big game, but I, th I think that's going to be the, the judge yeah, yeah, of, right. of, of their measure of, of how well they do this season. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Antwerp, they will face Real Madrid, Gab, in the European Super Cup on, on Wednesday. I know how much you love making predictions, so go on. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like, how do you bounce back from a 6-1 home humiliation. defeat? And now, oh, look, here come Benzema and, and Vinicius. Um, maybe the reason I still think this game's worth watching, and I think could be in doubt, mm -hmm. is that obviously Real Madrid are going to be behind with their preparation relative to, uh, relative to, to, to Eindracht. Of okay, course, yeah. I believe two official matches under the belt. Um, it's interesting with Real Madrid. It's been very quiet, I think, on, on the transfer on the transfer front, and they said, oh, our business is done. If you look closely, I wonder if their noses aren't getting a little bit longer when they say that, so stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Not the start Liverpool would have wanted as they're held 2-2 at newly promoted Fulham. Jules, Jurgen Klopp said it was a, quote, bad performance, yeah. unquote. And he needs to study and analyze what went wrong. Yeah. Can you help him out? Yeah, I can. I mean, it's time by saying that the, the, the pitch was uh, slow. Pitch was I dry. Mean, dry, dry. Sorry, and then dry. Fulham trolled I mean, them back. I mean, like... Dry means slow for them. Come on. Then he got trolled by, by Fulham, you're right. Um, I just think, okay, the theory I had that maybe they did a lot of fitness work in the week after the community shields and that maybe they were a bit tired and that's why they, be, they were off it the first half and like intensity because this was, this was really bad. I mean, okay, Fulham were up for it and they were there, they were aggressive and they, they were winning the, the 50-50s and all of that. But from a Liverpool point of view, it was, it was dire. It was really dreadful. So maybe they were tired. Maybe they took the game for granted a little bit. Um, I, I don't know, but... To see Mo Salah having such a quiet first half, for example, you think, oh, wow, that, that didn't happen a lot often I, since it, in time in uh, Liverpool. I think this points to more Darwin Nunez. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. In games like these, anyway. When You expect him more. then to start against Palace at the weekend? I think so. I mean, yeah. at some it point. It should, I guess, right? it should. However, on the other side, Gab, Alexander Mitrovic scored both goals for Fulham. And Gab, people made a big deal of the fact that he scored 43 goals in the Championship last season, but only three in the previous year. In the Premier League, he's already had two this season. Oh, yeah, look, I guess what? They play football in the championship as well. Um, yeah. And this is poorly, I think, statistical variance. He's not going to score 43 goals in the Premier League, I don't think. But likely, if he stays fit, he's going to score more than three. He probably yeah. is a 10 to 12 or 10 to 15 type league goal scorer. And, and that's what he is. I, I thought he played out of the skin. I thought... Marco Silva had him motivated. They got him the right service. Mm. Yeah, was really hard off the ball. Yeah, and obviously, you know, he road rated Trent Alexander-Arnold for which we're like, oh, Trent's defending. I'm sorry, there's an aerial battle at the far post between Trent no, and okay. Mitrovic. Mitrovic will win it every but time. Trent doesn't even know that he's there. So, you know, I, just start there. I, he never looks. He doesn't know that he's there. I think he knew he was there. I don't think I, he knows. But whatever. I look. But so, hey, I, still. I, I, you know, for the newly promoted sides, you know, I. Forrest had a rough ride, uh, a very rough ride, I think, at uh, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, Bournemouth and, uh, and Fulham. Mm, well done. Well done. Mm. Chelsea are off to a win as Jorginho's penalty is a difference between the two sides away to Everton. Jules, how do they look? Still work to do? <laughs> yeah, plenty. <laughs> Just a little bit? Yeah, I'm still a bit worried, I have to say. Um, I, I thought Everton were, were not very good, apart from the usual, you know, let's go for it, we're aggressive with this and that. Hard to play when you don't have a center forward. No, true, true, which is true. You have to explain to me how can you start Raheem Sterling almost as a second striker behind Kai Havertz because it, made, it didn't make any sense to me and I thought it was much better when he started playing wide. But to play him in that position, that more central position, I don't know if this idea that Tuchel has for the whole season, if it's it a is. work in progress, I'm not convinced at all by Raheem Sterling behind Kai Havertz would work. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it just takes a long time to develop an understanding with those two. Um, Maybe. Yeah, no, they, 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 there's a ton of work to do. What I liked is when I was watching on television, it's Jorginho versus Pickford. Yeah. And the number of references the, com the English yeah. commentator made to, oh, look, oh, brother, you're on 22 final, he missed it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I was happy yeah, for Jorginho. No. Yeah. Happy for Jorginho. Yeah, but no. Johan Laporta says he's confident Barcelona will be able to register all their new signings. And plus, by the way, the current players who've extended their deals. Gab, he will, need, will he need to pull more leaveovers, though? Uh, yeah, he's going to need a Where's whole the room come full from? of yeah. leavers. Um, look, he, he can still sell Depay and De Jong, yeah, right? They, I, I think, I mean, again, back of the envelope calculation, but I'm assuming you could get 40 to 50 for Depay. Um, yeah. And you know the young, maybe eighty, yeah, like that. Yeah, 70, and then 80. the savings on their wages, and then you have a net turn of one hundred fifty, and that's without pulling more levers. The the big thing, as was reported in in Spain, was part of the thing was when when they sold their their TV rights, they they did something where they created another company, 
and they put 150 million in the company, and then they added that 150 million to the money they got from the company. Yeah. And La Liga said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. so you. it's tough. I don't know. Like I, I said this before. I think this is a risky strategy. I think this is an unnecessary strategy mm-hmm. to bring Barcelona back. I think it just puts a tremendous amount of pressure on your on some of your veteran players as well to take pay cuts. I wouldn't have gone down this road. We'll see how it goes. It certainly, the clock is ticking as well. The I clock mean, is yeah. ticking, and Laporte is taking, I think, a big gamble for his own rep. Do you think it's possible that they, they may start the season on Saturday, I think, against Rayo Vallecano, without any of the new signing and no Dembele either and no Sergio Roberto, who are the two extending their deal that they can't be registered right now? No, because I think they're much closer than that. Okay. Uh, so I, I think it's a graduated thing, but I think it's going to be like last year where you know they didn't register Aguero yeah, until later, yeah, for yeah. example. Borussia Dortmund beat Bayer Leverkusen 1-0 on Saturday, Jules. Not a great performance, no. but three points, and Anthony Modeste is reportedly on his way. Yeah, Modeste is on his way. Um, Answer to all your problems. 34. Not really, but again, it's a bit like the Arnautovic situation. They need someone because Ale, obviously, we know with the illness, uh, and Modeste has proven it in the Bundesliga, so he would be maybe a good backup or a good, just, just short fix for now. It was good to see Adeyemi scoring, I guess, his first goal, if you give it yeah, to him. Marco Royce. Marco Royce. Uh, and, and, you know, this, even, if you don't, even if you don't play well, even if there's still problems, even defensively at times, you look a bit shaky again. For Terzic, I think you'll take the three points and you say, you know what, we know this I, is a work in progress and you keep it. They're resilient. This was a game that last year felt that, like Bayern yeah, Leverkusen would have, yeah, would have yeah, equalized. Yeah, and I thought yeah, Schwarzenberg yeah, looked, looked very good. Yeah, no. Antonio Conte doesn't start any of his newcomers and Tottenham destroys Southampton 4-1 after being 1-0 done as well. Gab, does this mean he didn't need to whinge about strengthening the squads? Well, if he plays Southampton uh, every week. No, yeah. well, by the way, uh, I, I, I should run this. Spurs won 22 games in the league last season but only four um, without Son and Kane scoring. And, That's true. Yeah, and they yeah. didn't score in this one either. Which I, know. Is I know. I like, I think Antonio Conte thinks that one of his skills is getting clubs to go and buy players for him because if he doesn't, he walks out, right? And obviously the club backed him with a lot of money, more money yeah. than, they, than, than they backed uh, Mourinho with. Equally though, I think his other great skill is working with players who maybe are a little bit on the sidelines, maybe had a difficult time, and make them better. And you look at the performance of Ryan Sessegnon in this game, um, as well as also on the other flank, I thought Emerson also had a, had a big, big game. Kulusevsky. And obviously Kulusevsky, you know, you kind of saw yeah, it coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the other thing he does really, really well. So he's had the whole summer. Mm-hmm. I think this could really, you know, help narrow the gap with the yeah, top yeah, two. Definitely. Narrow, I said. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's roll the clock back to Friday in Arsenal's 2-0 win away to Crystal Palace. Thoughts, Jules? I thought the first 25 minutes, 30 minutes were was outstanding from Arsenal. Really, I think Jamie Carragher said to the level of City and Liverpool, okay, maybe not. But he was, but he was, he was very good in the way they, they used the ball, the, the movement of the ball, when they pressed. They didn't let Crystal Palace anything. And then... And then it changed. I don't know if physically maybe they could not sustain it, which is maybe a reason. You're tired on time, the first week of the season. No, I, well, yeah, but if you've worked hard physically, I, I know, you know. I know, I know. And Palace uh, haven't. So. No, 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 no. But Palace had to react. They could not be as bad as the first half in the second half either. So they put more pressure. I was really happy for William Saliba, who was outstanding and deservedly man of the match. Really, the numbers are incredible on this game. But you saw what Zinchenko can bring you with the ball. And, you know, he tucked inside a lot and he played almost as, a, as another midfielder. But defensively, at times, there's mistakes there because, again, he's not a left-back and would never really be a pure, pure defender, you know, in, in the letter of, of, of the name. So it'd be very interesting to see how they go now. They've got Leicester at home and then until October 1st and the, the North London derby, they've got decent fixtures that they can get points on the board. Saliba was a monster. I, I really like the way they defended against him very quick. Um, Palace. Yeah, forwards. yeah, even White. Uh, I agree with you with Zinchenko. I want to think at some point, when Tierney is fully fit, you know, does he become yet another attacking midfielder? But then you lose, you, Tierney doesn't bring you with the ball while Zinchenko can bring you. You know, that's the thing. That's the conundrum a little bit. You would only need to he mix them both. He interprets the position differently. I think yeah, he still yeah. offers stuff going yeah, forward. Yeah, no, true, true. It was just a friendly, but not a good day for Juventus at all as they lose at home to Atletico Madrid 4-0. Gab and Alvaro Morata, of all people, scores a hat-trick. Yeah, then it looked like Avala Morata was coming back now. Yeah. Federico saying, no, 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 we're going to keep him because we need 57 strikers. <laughs> um, look, I don't, 
I, this is not good. It's, it's, it's not good. They had an issue with Moise, Moise Ken, who was late, and so he was left out as a result. Um, Roll on the season, but a little bit like last mm. year, it doesn't feel good going no, into the season. Definitely not. Last show, we heard how Marseille fans were moaning about Igor Tudor, Jules. Their resounding victory over Rams suggests maybe some people should STFU. <laughs> Although, I mean, it's the first time I see that Gab, a new, a new manager on his debut, on his first ever game for the club, you know, and being announced by the, the stadium speaker and then being booed by his own fans. And the well, boos were terrible. Dimitri Payet has a lot of relatives in Marseille, doesn't he? Well, clearly. But he said he didn't hear them because he was inside the dressing room. I think he would have heard even from there. Crazy stuff. But they won 4 1. They played some really good football at the time. Uh, so let's hope that they will give him some, cut him some tack. His course left Real Madrid on a free transfer gap and landed in Sevilla. So between him, Lamela, Papu Gomez, they are assembling a core of your favorite player. But does he move the needle? In terms of ability, he certainly does. I'll be so curious to see where Julian Lopetegui fits him in. Because he's not always the easiest guy to integrate yeah, into yeah, a side. Freedom. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VfB Stuttgart and Rasenballsport Leipzig oh, draw 1-1 as your boy Christopher Nkunku. Who else? Who else? Gets on the score sheet. Jules, how do they look? Not good in the first half, I thought. Much better in the second half where they had chances they, they could have scored. Although Stuttgart could have scored at the end as well to win the game, to be fair. Uh, but it was a more, I thought it was, a, it was better going forward in the second half, certainly than in the first half. Uh, I thought they were a bit slow to start the game. And I'm... I'm sorry, I don't think a draw is good enough, you know, in a season like this where Dortmund have won as well, where even Gladbach have won. You can show some love to Stuttgart on day one. Like no, OK, in, Matarazzo, who we like, who is your pal, I understand it. Matarazzo against Tedesco? No, like I know, I know, I know, but I was a bit like, OK, yeah. I, just, I just hope that the end of last season when they, when they struggled and there was obviously the disappointment in, in the Europa League is still not there in their mind and that they can, you know, they can they can start well because I think it's important for them and Timo Werner is going to come now. We will talk about it a bit, but, but I think they need, yeah, they, need, they need something else to be fair. And speaking of Leipzig and Timo Werner, Gab, two questions I've got for you. One, does he make them title contenders and how good an addition it would be? And the other question is, does it mean Chelsea will definitely sign a replacement? So I'm not sure he moves the needle in terms of making them title contenders, um, just simply because of the kind of player he is now. I don't see this magical thing. He goes back to, to, to Leipzig and then it's all of a sudden... Goals, yeah. yeah, no, I think it's going to take a lot more than that. Um, and I actually think if Sobosly and Almo and Nkunku and Andre Silva are all fit and firing, I mean, I don't say, what do you need this guy for? But I know, I, it's a strange one. Is he better than those guys when they're at their best? So I'm not sure. From Chelsea's perspective, no, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think they should sign a replacement for him. I think they need to figure out what they're going to do. We talked earlier about, you know, Sterling through the middle. Okay, fine. I, I, I want to, I mean, I think Ziyech may go and so on, but in terms of having another center forward, at this stage, I want them just to have Armando Broja. So Broja is your backup to have it. I you see no reason. He scored a lot of goals on a bad team last year. He's young. Rather than going out and picking up a random Arnautovic, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you can still you can, yeah, yeah, you can still yeah, yeah. get a lot of minutes. It's not like Havertz is going to play every game. Yeah, he can yeah. play with Havertz in some situations as well. So you know Havertz isn't. It's not like Havertz is the second coming of Duncan Ferguson, right? No, he's no, got a little no. more versatility than that. So yeah. back to Paris Saint Germain. Plenty of rumors that Luis Campos yes. is trying to pick up Fabian Ruiz from Ooh. Napoli. Jules, are you excited as I am? No. Nope. And will Keller Navas go the other way? Why are you not excited yes. about Fabian Ruiz? No, listen, I like Fabian. He's tall, he's elegant, he can pass the ball. He's, yeah, he's left-footed, which they wanted in midfield, and they wanted someone strong, and he's 1m89, and I, I get it. I'm... Instead of having those little guys running like, around, Verratti and the, no, no, the Smurf squad. The thing with Fabian is that you're excited, and he's got huge potential and huge talent, and then you watch some games, and you're like... Okay, do something. Because at times I think he's just too like, 
Okay, and at times he's been great with Napoli. I think he's, you know, they in in what Spalletti was doing in terms of possession, uh, in terms of that he can he can he can play long, he can play short, he can play vertical. I, I get it. The, the the you know in terms of passing of the ball, he's maybe one of the best that you would find in midfield right now. But you've got Vitinha and Verratti already. I mean, like, okay, I think the way I see it is. They want to dominate again the midfield, to be able to beat every single press, to be able to have um, a bit of verticality, and you need that with Messi and Neymar, but also if they want to keep the ball for 10 minutes and you don't touch it, yeah. then you can. I am not sure. Is, like, is it being spell curtains for Paredes? Yeah, I think they want a, a way out to right. Paredes. Well, more importantly, does Kilo, because Napoli want a goalkeeper, they've been linked with yeah, Kepa. I think this one will work as well. Depend, it, well could you be alone. it could be alone. No, if Gijo doesn't get injured, I think if Gijo stays fit the whole season, you know, you can have Rico as, a, as your backup and then Navas can go, he's on, a, he's on big wages. He, he's, he's the kind of guy that deserves to be a number one somewhere, to be fair, I think, yeah. you know, at his age as well. It's amazing with the that he didn't realise this last season. No, I know, I know. Well, you know, tell that to the Argentine guy. <laughs> Gini Wijnaldum makes his debut for Roma as they smash Shakhtar in a friendly. But Gab, who had the cooler welcome video? Him or Paolo Dybala? I mean, I know the answer. Everybody knows the answer. <laughs> Okay. What the hell with Genie? So, if you see this, right? So, Paolo Dybala, we mentioned this before, it's an incredible video. The whole city uh, was there. It looked like it, you know, they're all singing, massive crowds, he comes down a building, it's Rome, it's gorgeous, lit up. For Genie Vinaldo, it's almost like the intention of the opposite. He looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon, like emerging from, I guess he's from in the pool. swimming pool, yeah. <laughs> he just with emerges out of the water with his kid. <laughs> How weird is this? But hey, look, but, if you wanted to get attention, why not? Someone you know? said to him, okay, Genie, go in the pool. And he goes, well, yeah, but Dybala had the whole city singing. <laughs> yeah, no, you yeah. go in the pool. And they were like, oh, poor Genie, poor Genie. <laughs> Valencia are letting Gonzalo Guedes go. He's moving to Wolves in a 35 million euro deal. Jules, this feels very gestifutian. <laughs> Look, it's a new adjective. I know. He's done it again, Uncle George. Amazing. Who would have thought, eh? If I, I, I told you last week, Gonzalo Guedes is going to sign for a Premier League club, I, you can bet, I was going to say your mortgage, not your mortgage, but you can bet a bit of money on who it would be, and then I reveal in the next show who would be. Would you have said Wolves? I mean... 100% you would have said Wolves. So I think for... What was that? I'm not... All right, I'll get to... There's two elements of this. One is, I think, Guedes can be a really good player for, for Wolves, and I think he can move the needle if he gets back to, the, to, to where he was at. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's that far away. I think it's hilarious that they're talking about, well, there's negotiations. They need to... Valencia needs yeah. to negotiate with there's Wolves. There's no negotiation. They need to negotiate with... Well, <laughs> what the... It's the same guy fixing the price and paying it. I... It's... Um, it's Crazy. I, I, I love it. Crazy. Marcos Alonso was left out of Chelsea squad this weekend at Everton and he looks to be on his way to Barcelona. Is it a good pick for Xavi at 10 million euros, Gab? Okay, I'm just going to... There's two answers to this again, right? There's the macro answer about all the money Barcelona is spending and can they register this? We've addressed this before. Purely in a footballing sense, and I'm curious to see how Xavi uses him, I think he's a tremendous pickup because he gives you something very different. He gives you... He's a tremendous dead ball player. True. He's got size, he's a tremendous yeah, head of the ball, yeah, yeah. he scores goals, and is he better than Jordi Alba at his best? Probably not, he's no. certainly slower and he's older and whatever, but he gives you that, that alternative. He's a, good guy to, he's, a, he's a good guy to be in there, I think he's a good fit for the squad. Now, from Chelsea's perspective, again, with Kukurea, you can let him go. Yeah. That said... I don't know. I, I, he, might, he must have a lot of faith that Barcelona can actually register him. Because I don't you think see, that's the thing the I don't list. get. That's the thing I don't get. If you're an agent or a player and Barca come, there should be, you have to be a bit wary and a bit worried about the financial situation because they're saying to you, oh yeah, look, you can sign this contract on 150000 a week, whatever. But then you know they don't have that money right now. So, well, no, they do have the money. What yeah, they don't have is the right to register you if they don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming people are taking a calculated risk on this. They, if they can't register them by, Sunday, know, yeah. by Sunday or whatever, they can register them later. They'll still be getting paid. Um, oh, if worse comes to worse and Barcelona turn around and say in December, oh, Marcos, we're really sorry. We weren't able to make it work. Will you go on loan somewhere? And they say, sure. And then he'll still be getting paid and he goes on loan somewhere else. I mean, I'm assuming that's the worst case scenario, right? Yeah, um, I guess. So it's a calculated risk. Mm -hmm. 
Still, it's a bit crazy. It's quite the debut for your boy Aaron Ramsey oh. at Nice, away to Toulouse. Look there at this go. for the Welsh. It's not Ramsey's shirt, by the way. No, but still, uh, incredible. Come on as a sub with 15 minutes to go, pretty much 20 minutes to go. The one they've done against Toulouse, away at Toulouse, not playing well, Nice at all, and Lucien Favre. On his first touch, well, it's technically the second, but the first one, there was a foul straight after he touched the ball, so I didn't count that one. Uh, on his first touch, there's a cross, and the typical Aaron Ramsey's run from midfield into the box, hits it so well. The one that Bruno Fernandes misses for United yeah. against it's exactly <laughs> the same one, except that uh, Ramsey scores it. Great. I mean, then he looked, he looked very involved. He looked, he looked vocal. I'm not sure what language, but, you know, because he's French, surely he can't be that good. But yeah, I he like that. He looked happy. Yeah, he looked happy. He looked fit. Um, so they wanted his experience. Not, not he just arrived the day before, and I think Favre thought, you know what, let's not away from home at Toulouse, let's not. So he was only on the bench. Uh, but he will play at the weekend in the, in the next game. But not, not a good result, really, against the promoted side for Nice, but very good for Aaron to start, to start that way. And Gareth Bale scored also the same weekend in, we'll in be MLS. To him. Yeah, so. After several four starts. And Moore scored too, didn't and he? And Moore, great. Yeah, I know, go. with Bournemouth, you're right. After several four starts, it looks like Alexis Sanchez is finally leaving Inter and joining Igor Tudor in Marseille. Yeah, I think there's still some details related to how much money uh, Inter have to pay him to go away. Yeah. Um, I think those were the things that were, were holding him up at the end. Uh, from Inter's perspective, I'm going to say it's good or bad. It's critical it's because him, you yeah. need to get... You, you need to lower the wage bill, and he makes an enormous amount of money, thanks to Manchester United, of course. Yes, of course. Um, so that is the good news from Inter's perspective. I haven't had the best warm-up preseason. From, I don't know, I, you tell me, like, will people start liking Uncle Igor more now that if he, if he brings Alexis? Do they need Maybe. Alexis? I mean, no, because they've got Milik, and I mean, I guess he can play wide, but, but there's not. There's not place for a wide player. Chengiz Under is going to struggle to play in that team as well. Because the Undertaker. The Undertaker, because he's quite narrow. You know, the, the, his 3-5-2 is quite, it's quite narrow. 3-4-2-1, sorry. It's quite narrow. So I don't know where Alexis and Milik and Luis Suarez are going to play. Plus Chengiz Under, plus Payet. Right, this is the other Luis Suarez. Yeah. Don't get overly excited. Not the one who scored for National on his league debut. But yeah, so I'm all for I mean, I want Alexis mm. Sanchez in Ligue 1, of course, you know. Um, because he's still a very good player, but for Marseille and Tudor, he would have to find the right formula and, you know, he would need to find it quite quickly as well. Leeds United beat Wolves 2-1 as Brendan Aronson Oh, he was shines. good, love him. But there's no love lost between Bruno and Jesse Marsh. Do we have any idea what happened? No, so Bruno Lage said at the end that it's during the first half that apparently there were things being said by the Leeds bench that were not acceptable, he said. So no, Bruno Lage strikes me as the kind of guy that if you if you if you get him angry, it must have it doesn't it doesn't look like the guy who gets angry easily. You yeah. think? It, it, that, you know, he loses his chisel very quickly. So don't know what happened, but Jesse Marsh came to shook, to shake his hand at the end, and Lage was not having it, and they were like kind of shouting at each other and stuff. So yeah, I think Bruno said like, oh, you know, you apologize at the time, you don't apologize afterwards because it's meaningless if you do it yeah. in the game. What makes me uncomfortable about this, and, and I actually like. I, I, I like Bruno Lage, I like the way he yeah, always presented himself last season. Well, the bar was set by Nuno, so obviously yeah. it's not hard to clear that bar. But, <laughs> um, I think it's really dangerous when you come out and you say he said things that should not have been said without then telling us what exactly. they were. Because that lets the mind run to all sorts of very, very dark places. Mm. And that's not fair to Jesse Marsh. So if you're going to accuse somebody of something, yeah. you need to make sure people know what that's, you're that's accusing him about. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so I, I, I hope more comes out here and they do clear it up. Yeah. Eugenio Corini is the new coach of Palermo, Gab. Why should folks care? Other than the fact that a club legend yeah, is coming home. Yeah, of course, home. of course. No, so the interesting thing is, that I was going to talk about the previous shows, but hey, I simply forgot to put in the quick hits. Uh, uh, Obviously, people know Palermo have been bought by City Football Group. Yeah. Everybody's excited. Palermo, in terms of just the size of the city and the fan base, and obviously the history in Syria, they think, oh, look, you know, we're going we're gonna to go and sail back up. We'll be Man City Mark II or whatever. Um, the curious thing is their manager, Baldini, who, who got them promoted, he quit. He, he quit kind of out of the blue. Right. And he, he kind of, he, he loves speaking in metaphors. He was so excited about going up. And, and he basically said that, like, well, you know, he doesn't feel like the project is his anymore, blah, blah, blah. So they had to scramble to find a replacement. They went with Corini, who obviously has been around uh, the block a little bit. 
it's interesting because you know we hear talk about synergy and all this stuff, City Football Group. I'm slightly surprised that they didn't get more involved in guiding this because Cody yeah. is not a City Football Group no, type guy. No. It kind of makes me think that as these football MCOs, multi-club ownership deals go, City are one of the ones where actually the clubs cooperate with each other less yeah, than they do in, in, in other situations. Yeah. Callum Hudson-Odoi has reportedly asked Chelsea for a move. Uh, Borussia Dortmund's been mentioned. Yeah. So there's other clubs. A few other clubs, Does yeah. it make sense to you, Jules? I think it, I think it does, I, which is a shame because uh, he's got great talent and great potential. And maybe without the bad injury, he would have found a place in that team as a, as a starter. I don't know if consistently he can be good enough to be a starter for Chelsea. But he's not going to get even the chance to prove it this season. So why staying when you know you're going to be, what, 80% of the time on the bench? Maybe you're going to play in the domestic cups. I, I, I don't think for a player at his age, with his talent, this is not why you... Well, especially if, right? if he is going to play this narrower system. Exactly. Um, so, which, by the way, brings me back to the whole... I remember when they were linked with Dembele. Yeah. Like, where would Dembele have or Maybe it changed because you didn't get him. I don't know. I... It's odd, but yeah, you want, I, I, want, I want to see him play because I remember yeah, what he was like. Yeah, me too. I think injured. a lot of people like him. And I think he will have clubs in England and also abroad and be really keen, you know. So I hope he can find the right place where he can really express himself and do it because he's, he's got the potential for it, no doubt. Time for a Philip Gostic update, Gab, please. Who are his agents visiting this week then? Where are they? Which country? <laughs> They've gone back to Juve to the point that... All right. um, Strong rumors that Kostic is going to be held out of um, of the Europa League yeah, not final uh, this week and not play. Uh, I don't know. They, to me, this seems like I, I'm never. I know you're haggling over money and stuff like that. I just don't see why these things need to be strung out so much. And it also seems that I would hate for this to be a reaction to the Atletico defeat. Yeah. Which, which by the way, the Atletico defeat, four nil, blah blah blah. But, you know, you know, they played it at Juve's training ground. It was the weirdest thing, seeing, like, real live Atletico players and Juve players, obviously, playing a real game, but on the training, I, I, I don't get that. Um, but, yeah, Kostic helps, I guess. Probably, you know, and good news for, for, for Dusan Vlaovic. Yeah, I, I guess so, mate. Over to MLS, where Gareth Bale and Giorgio yeah. Chiellini starred in LAFC's uh, 4-1 win over Al Salt Lake. One of them had a good day. The other one, not so yeah. much. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to guess who had a good, who had a good day. It's Gareth Bell, who scored a lovely goal. I mean, Patricia Freddy was slagging him off before the show. I don't understand why. Saying, like, oh, he's MLS. It's still, it's, they're still paced. They're still skill, you know, skillful players and, and fast players in MLS. But for Gareth Bell to score like a, a no-school Gareth Bell goal, I thought was Came off was the really bench good. again. Yeah, came off the bench again. And on that right-hand side, sort of dribble passed along the, the touchline and then along of the, the corner line and then scores. It's a nice, it's a lovely goal. And he's clearly enjoying it too. For Giorgio, it was a typical Giorgio Chiellini uh, <laughs> moment as well. Let's put it that way, where the ball, <laughs> it's a counter attack from rest, the ball is going over the top, and, and clearly I think that the, their forward is going to be through on goal. So Chiellini just smashes literally the ball with his two arms, and then gives the referee, "No, I didn't do anything. No, no, no. It's not me. It's not me. It's not anything." Guess a yellow. Oh, yeah. I think we're at the stage where we can so laugh funny. about it and stuff and like because you know the big nose and he's humble and he gives good interviews but dude, don't do this don't do this it, it sends, just doesn't look good sends, for you it doesn't look good for you it sends the wrong message I, know. I don't want you know it's not funny I'll tell you the thing too like you're in MLS it doesn't mean you're in a big joke this is a competitive yeah. league and whatever like that, that, don't, don't do that no definitely not Gab, you love Mikkel Damsgaard I love us do as well and bet you excited he's moving to Brentford and you will see him in the Premier League as you know, Mikkel Damsgaard, the next Michael Laudrup, maybe, maybe not, no reason. Look, I, I thought he did really well two years ago. I thought last season was a bit up and yeah, down, the like, the, well. like the rest of the team, had his injuries. But he's a baller, right? That's, yeah. a, that, 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 that's what you call it? They lose Christian Eriksen, and they yeah. get a guy who, you know, I'm not going to, I just did compare him to Eriksen. But you have a guy who in some ways is in a similar, is in a similar vein in terms of technical ability. Difference is that Damsgaard has... Not as good a passer, but he's got the acceleration. He's got yes. the one-on-ones. Yeah, yeah. He's got a ton of confidence. Um, and obviously, he's he's a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe should have seen it coming, given the obvious Danish connection at Brentford. Yeah. But um, no, I am psyched to see him in, in, in the Premier League. 
Jules, we love Lionel Messi's overhead goal against Clermont. That's right. Our producer, Freddy, reminded us it probably wasn't the best goal scored <laughs> in France this weekend. And he was right. Freddy's always right anyway. But yet, because Jérémy Livolant, who you've never heard of, of course, he mm -hmm. plays for Guingamp in Ligue 2 in the second division. He's 24. He's, he's a good forward. Nothing amazing, but he's a, he's a good player. Scored this incredible goal where basically to win the game as well. Um, aware at Laval in the derby, he hit a free kick first from like 35 yards and the ball sort of comes back out and he's still there. And then he volleys it into the top corner from literally 35 yards easily. It was In, like the, incredible. And he, he just absolutely leathers the ball. Incre <laughs> like the pace of the ball <laughs> was just like, wow. It will, yeah, yeah, I mean... You might not find a better goal all season yeah. from all the leagues. But yeah. you'll find it on YouTube. Just search for it. Yeah, Ridiculous. go for it. Yes. Gab, you usually give us your Bastos updates in your column on the website. But I suspect you would make an exception today. Of course. Now he's playing his first game of the season I for Utrecht. Away to uh, Valveik. They're 2-0 down at halftime. What happens? Manager calls for the big man to come in and he oh, dominates. <laughs> Scores twice. And they come up, uh, they, they come off with, with a point, a valuable point away from home. He's now on pace to score 68 goals for yeah, the but season. No, but no. Hey, you, you had his stats, what, he won six of eight headers? Yeah. What do you want? What do you <laughs> want? It's Bastos, right? more aerial duels that he won than actually passes Just, that he I, made. I was concerned that I need to get another sort of folk hero <laughs> guy to put into my column, but Bastos uh, keeps going. Yeah, you know yeah. what? He's the same age as Mark Arnautovic. You see, maybe we And he's Dutch. United. Oh, I my God. You, I bet you Eric Ten Hag is his Get him at United. <laughs> right, Joe, that brings us to an end. I will not be with you on oh. Thursday. I'll leave you in the capable hands of Don Hutchinson. That's right. Uh, but I'll be back at some point. Uh, until then, <laughs> love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.